0: and welcome to Retro Perspective, the show on the nerd party where we take a look at all of the movies released 25 years ago this week. I'm Mike. I am John. And this week we're going to be taking a look at the movies released on March 11th,
1: 1994. Yes, March 11th, 1994. What a a heady time and interesting time to release a Christmas-themed movie.
0: Or two Christmas-themed movies, perhaps. Oh, there were two Christmas-themed. Okay, well, one Christmas and one New Year's. Two holiday-themed okay. movies.
1: What was the What was the other holiday theme? Well, we'll get to that as to yeah. which holiday happened in which movie. Yes. Yeah. So there were five
0: movies released on March eleventh, nineteen ninety four. Uh, A couple of them, very limited releases, which would, you know, see larger releases a few weeks down the road. But this is where they got their start. So we're going to be, you know, talking about them here. So it it might seem like, oh, man, they bombed at the box office, but they didn't. They were just getting started, you know? Yes. Yeah. So the first of those coming in at number 22 at the box office with $0.2 million was the Hudsucker Proxy. Directed yep. by Joel Cohen, produced by Ethan Cohen, written by Joel Cohen, Ethan Cohen, and Sam Raimi, starring Tim Robbins and Jennifer Jason Leigh, mm-hmm. Paul Newman, yep. Bruce Campbell, yeah. John Mahoney. Yes, that's
1: right, he was in that. Steve Buscemi. Yeah. <laughs> yep. The cast of thousands. <laughs> the the usual the usual Cohen cast, honestly. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, and this was the New Year's movie.
1: Oh, that's right. No, yeah. you're right. okay. Yeah, duh. I I just don't think of it as a New Year's movie. But you're absolutely right. Yeah,
0: yeah. Yes, it's got a fifty six percent on Rotten Tomatoes.
1: I think that's unfair. Yeah,
0: it's shockingly low. Yeah, I watched this because I've seen it before a bunch of times. I would say that it's probably number three, a Coen Brother movie for me. I'm not That's fair. 100% positive, but I mean, number one is The Big Lebowski by far. Number two, I think is probably True Grit, even though I haven't seen it since the theater. I need to check that out again. And I think this might be number three.
1: I haven't seen their adaptation of True Grit. I haven't seen everything the Coens have done, but I do know that uh, oh, Brother Where there Are, oh Brother, Where Art Thou has to be in the conversation. But uh, like, I know that Hudsucker Proxy was the first Coen movie that I saw. Oh yeah, that's the first one I ever encountered. Yeah, and I didn't encounter it till it was on home release. But when I saw it on home release, I just I've watched it pretty regularly since. Like every so often, I'll I'll just watch Hudsucker Proxy. I have it. I I just thought that the the turn at the end and the the big mythic shape that it takes later in the movie is so much fun. Um, and I think it's got such a sense of whimsy, and Paul Newman is just. You know, like, I I think the movie probably caught me and I fell in love with it at the moment where Paul Newman's hanging out the window and he's reminiscing about single stitching. Mm -hmm. And then you see that, oh, he treats me so well. I'll just double (laughs) stitch. And then, like, you know, he just lights the cigar. Like, that's the type of thing that I love. And I think that uh, I immediately plugged into the Coens at that point. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I I mean, I think I I went back and I watched this like after, you know, I had discovered Big Lebowski in particular. I think I went on like a Cohen binge and, uh, you know, this came up and this was the one that really kind of stuck with me. I mean, there's a lot of their movies, especially a lot of their classics, which I don't particularly like. I mean, I, I guess I've only seen Fargo once and it was like in 1996 or 1997, but I didn't like it. Um, Really? I know I I need to revisit it. Uh, But this one always really worked well for me. And like watching it this time, I I was just struck, especially like looking at all the other movies that we've been watching, I was really struck by sort of like the formal precision that it has. You know, I mean, like everything about it, the, the production design, the dialogue, the performances, everything. It's like super stylized and yet, you know, razor sharp and i think it's clearly the best movie of the year so far i don't think anything else comes anywhere close to it i agree and um yeah i mean just tim robbins always great uh jennifer jason lee i think her performance in this is outstanding and yes. i think it's it's really funny and everything it's
1: it's really great one of the cohen brothers best Fun uh, side note is uh, in the 90s, I was doing uh, I was working tech at a regional theater in my hometown, uh, a fairly sizable regional theater, actually. And we were doing a play called The Sweet Revenge of Miss Louisa May. And there was a guy who uh, was an older gentleman who had a part and he was in the boardroom in Hudsucker Proxy. And he he enjoyed telling everybody about meeting Paul Newman and being on the set with him and stuff like that. Uh, so his great claim to fame was he's one of the guys sitting around uh, the table. Can I pick him out of the crowd? At this point, it's been so long, so no. Uh, but I know that he was there, and I remember him uh, talking about it and talking about how nice a guy Paul Newman was.
0: That's cool. That's so, cool. Yeah. I, I also have a connection to someone in, in the Hudsucker Proxy. I, oh, yeah? Yeah, I, I used to live across the street from John Mahoney. Um,
1: oh, awesome.
0: Yeah. Yeah, he 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 lived in Oak Park like later on and like I mean this is only a few years ago really. He lived in Oak Park and I lived in Oak Park and you know I had always heard like you'd see him just walking around town all the time, which was weird cuz I mean that was like his thing. He just loved going for walks, you know? And he was like awesome. speed walking all over the place and I'm like you look so, so good. You know, I mean, uh, last I saw you, you had that cane and, (laughs) (laughs) but uh, yeah, no, I mean, he's, you know, you'd always see him around town. He was always, you know, super nice, always saying hi to everybody and everything like that, you know, just kind of just out there, just like, hey, you know, and um, yeah, you know, I had heard like, oh, he lives in some apartment building and I'm like, okay and they like in they wouldn't say where it was because they didn't want people harassing him but you know one day i was walking down the street and he comes walking out of that apartment building and i'm like that's right across the street from me oh that's interesting cool Uh, that is super cool i think that's
1: i think that's super cool and i like the like you always like hearing about uh, people who have any any modicum of Mm -hmm. fame still being the type that like to walk just walk around the neighborhood you know Mm -hmm. like he, he's not shielding himself. He's not hiding. He doesn't think he's super important. He's just out there like a person. Yeah. You, you like hearing that. Yeah, yeah. It's cool. It's awesome.
0: So, all right. So that was the Hudsucker Proxy. Number 21 this week was another movie which was just getting started. It made $0.2, $2 million, and it's called Four Weddings and a Funeral.
1: Yes. It has
0: a 95% on Rotten Tomatoes, and it is the first movie we've seen this year which was nominated for Best Picture. Yes. It's directed by Mike Newell, mm-hmm. who did uh, mm-hmm. Donny Brasco, one of those Harry Potter things, uh, that, that Prince of Persia movie. With Jake Gyllenhaal. Oh, geez. That's right. That one one didn't go over well. No. He's made a lot of movies. I mean, all over the place in terms of everything, in terms of scale, in terms of subject matter, in terms of quality. And then this movie was written by Richard Curtis, who got nominated for the script, who, of course, Mm -hmm. also wrote things like Love Actually and, you know... The boat that rocked or whatever they call it, Pirate Radio, depending on which country you live in, things like that.
1: I was a big fan, still am a big fan of Love actually. That's a I think that's a terrific film.
0: It's it's decent.
1: It's decent. I think it's ter- I think it's terrific. Yeah. It hit me in the old feels, uh, right right from the first viewing onward.
0: Well, you can definitely see a sense of that in this movie. Yeah, we, I think. I think. Um, now, uh,
1: have you seen it? Oh, I have. I saw it, uh, in the theater, um, ages ago because I, you know, it got so much buzz. I didn't see it in its limited release. I lived in a little backwater, so I didn't see it till it's wider release, but, uh, yeah, I sure saw it. And I saw it a couple of times after that as well. Um, the fact that this has a higher score on rotten tomatoes, quote unquote score on higher on on rotten tomatoes is, um, I mean, for my money, Hudsucker Proxy was a better film, but hey. Yeah, I, I had never seen this. This was the only
0: Oscar nominee, Best Picture nominee from 94, which I hadn't seen. And I watched it last night, and I was not impressed.
1: Uh, yeah. I I remember the first <laughs> showing, walking out of it, and I had friends who were saying, Oh, that was so funny. Although that was so great. I really liked that. And I was the one walking out saying, I, I, I that wasn't, I, I wasn't nuts about it. Yeah, You know, like I i was the one that was just like staying quiet at the back of the group. So, yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: I remember, uh, Max telling me at one point that he, yeah. he went to see Pan's labyrinth, um, mm-hmm. with like his girlfriend and then like his friend and his friend's girlfriend. And they came out of the theater and, you know, they were all talking about it and talking about how great it was and stuff like that. And then, you know, like I talked to his friend, our mutual friend, and I, and he's like, oh, I saw Pan's Labyrinth. Uh, yeah, I saw it with Max. You know, we all loved it. I loved it. Max loved it. Everybody loved it. And then like a day later, I saw Max and I'm like, so I heard you love Pan's Labyrinth. And he's like, No. I I hated that movie.
1: And I'm like, well, but but
0: Daniel said you loved it. And he's like, it's amazing what people assume when you don't say anything.
1: That's so true. (laughs) Max is speaking the God's honest truth right there. That is for sure. Just keep your mouth quiet and just let people fill it in the blanks. Yep. Yep. Anyway, yeah. um yeah, I, I did not like this movie. I
0: mean I didn't think it was like epically terrible or anything like that. I just thought it was kind of weak. And yeah. I, I maybe I was viewing it through the lens of like this is nominated with the likes of Pulp Fiction and Shawshank Redemption and you know all the rest of it, and thinking about all the movies from '94 which didn't get nominated. And it's like so this movie that came out on March 11th, it, it, this little romantic comedy, which basically has like nothing of any importance like behind it, that's nominated for Best Picture? How? This
1: is, this is the one when people talk about the Oscar nominations for Best Picture for 1994, where they go, oh yeah, was, uh, Pulp Fiction, Shawshank Redemption, and, uh, and Forrest Gump. And, and there was, what, what was the other one? Yeah. Like it was, it's always in the five slot where nobody can remember right. what else was nominated. And this is the one where people just draw a blank every time because it's that unmemorable. I, I honestly don't know what fever captured everybody uh, to vault this up into that spot.
0: Yeah. So I guess we're both in the 5%, but you know, whatever. That's cool. Hey. Okay yeah. with that. Yeah. All right. Next up. Number four. See, now we're jumping way ahead. Those were just limited releases and, you know, everything. And Four Weddings and a Funeral probably made more money than all these other movies combined. But whatever, you know, it didn't come out until like April 15th or something like that. Why? So, you know. Number four. With $4.1 million was a Christmas movie. The Ref.
1: Yes. The Ref, which I saw in the theater and rewatched this week.
0: All right. It's, it's got a 72% on Rotten Tomatoes. Everybody has been talking for so long about how good this movie was. And I really liked the people involved with it and everything like that. And I love the fact that it was a Christmas movie, a Christmas movie where the poster is, you know, Dennis Leary holding a gun. And I'm like, this is going to be the movie for me. And I always like watching Christmas movies over the course of December. So I I thought like I'm going to expand my horizons. I'm going to try a Christmas movie, which is not uh, a tradition for me, but is is one which which I feel like could be a new tradition. I'm going to watch the Ref, and I watched the Ref. And, and what was your I reaction? I was disappointed with it, very disappointed. I didn't think it was very good. So, but I know that I mean one of the people who kept on talking about how great it was.
1: Was you? I uh, reviewed it for the first time in quite a while uh, mm-hmm. for this, and I can say that uh, my opinion has uh, precipitously fallen to uh, <laughs> to sort of a line up with yours. It, it's one where I continually want to give it breaks because the thing that got me in the theater was I was a huge fan of Dennis Leary. Dennis Leary had released the album "No Cure for Cancer." And that thing was in heavy rotation. Uh, still I could still do bits from that CD off the top of my head. I won't, but I could. And that's what got me in the movie theater was Dennis Leary as a main character. Yeah, sure. And he does his reliable shtick at certain points where he's, you know, proselytizing. Oh, you don't know how good you got it. And and I dig that stuff. I still find it funny. I love the fact that Al Neary is in the movie. So, you know, there's a tie to The Godfather that I love. But, no, it doesn't hold up. It decidedly did not hold up. And I probably was still more generous in my assessment of it now just because I like, you know, Dennis Leary's bit so much. Uh, But there were parts where I legitimately tuned out and then caught my, like, I started daydreaming. And I came back and went, oh, I should probably, nah, I don't need to rewind that. (laughs) Oh, although another fun tidbit is um uh uh the colonel from Boogie Knights is in it. So Oh, Robert Ridgely? Yeah. Yeah. I don't remember him
0: in this movie exactly, but I, I'm sure I I I was happy uh, about that
1: one. When... He's the guy that uh gets the police chief fired and then the police chief says um that he slept with his wife.
0: I don't remember um, that part. Yeah. But
1: that's and it's supposed to be a big laugh line and instead it really I don't know if I've just changed so much as a person where I, you know that that line arrives and I just say to myself, "Oh, that's really that's cruel. That's not even funny." Why yeah. why would you do that in your movie? Yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, well, I'm I'm I guess I'm glad to hear that uh you know your opinion has changed because I remember like when I posted a thing saying, like, two stars on, you know, Letterboxd or whatever. I think you were like, what's wrong with you? And I'm like, oh, okay,
1: so it's not me. Well, that's good to know. No, it's not you. All right. It's not you. Oh. I was very much caught in the heady embrace of uh, Dennis Leary fandom. Uh, but I've been disabused of that Yeah, that emotion. So,
0: All right. Well, the number two movie this week. I'm assuming number three was Ace Ventura. Had to be right. Probably. Uh, yeah. I don't know. Anyway. N- number two movie this week, uh, with six point nine million was Lightning Jack. Oh, that's right. The uh
1: the Paul Hogan movie. Yes.
0: Yeah. yeah, where he's not crocodile Dundee, but he's doing something else and he's it's like from the creators of Crocodile Dundee. Yeah. I, I, it's got a 6%
1: on Rotten Tomatoes, so. Uh, I was going to take one for the team on this one, and then I watched the trailer, and I said, I don't want to take the one for the team this time. Yeah, keep it getting juniors in it. That's okay. Reason. Yeah, anyway. Yeah. All
0: right, and number one, with $9.3 million at the box office and a 56% on Rotten Tomatoes is
1: Guarding Tess. Yeah, didn't see that one. Nicholas Cage in his first
0: performance since uh, (laughs) (laughs) uh, Deadfall. Deadfall, yeah. Deadfall and Shirley MacLaine, where uh, he's a a secret service agent who's guarding a former first lady, right? Yes, who's a bit of a handful. Yeah. Um. I mean, it looked the. You know, I watched the trailer. The trailer looked interesting. Um. I would have watched it in a in a lesser week. But you know, Hudsucker proxy and four weddings and a funeral definitely took priority
1: here. Yeah, and I and I just had to I had to discover uh, my my views on the ref. I remember the ad campaign for this one, and I remember the big push for it. Yeah, um, and Shirley McLean was still something of a name. Oh yeah, uh, you know. So it it was. It's no surprise to me why it hit number one. Mm-hmm. Like. But one thing that's really, I think, noticeable, uh, specifically about this week as we're going through 1994, is how dominant comedies are this week. Yeah. You know, everything's a quirky comedy. And it's strange. Like, it's such a shift that, like, there, there's like a real shift where we've gone from dump it off January to muddling through February to starting March with a bunch of comedies. Maybe and, spring break. I don't know. Could that be it? God, I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. But I still... still not I a s- lot of
0: kids movies though, you know?
1: No. Yeah. No. But we had we had the assault of the kid movies through January and February. Mm-hmm. And I think it starts up again next week. Yeah. Uh, with like monkey trouble or something. But like... Yeah. You know, I, I mean, I. it'll be interesting to see because, you know, are we going to see this sort of continual... Uh, I don't know, tonal shift in terms of the the releases where everything starts to group together in terms of uh splitting the audience share.
0: That could be. That could be, you know. Who knows? Yeah. Be interesting to see.
1: Yeah. yeah, it will. I mean the thing is, it's like I, I'm still disappointed that uh the ref doesn't hold up. I really I hate it. I hate going back and rewatching old movies that I used to love, and then realizing, because it, it, seriously, it's always that, that existential sort of question of have I changed? Like, I mean, obviously I'm a different person than I was 25 years ago. God help me if I wasn't. But, like, how fundamental a, a lesson that is in, like, what plays for humor for you. Yeah. You know, like, it's probably really good that a couple of weeks ago I didn't go back and rewatch Ace Ventura because I probably would have hated it. Yeah, I'd rather pre- I'd rather preserve an amber that that gentle memory of finding it funny instead of shattering that illusion and finding out how much I've changed in that time. You know, I'd rather just let's just preserve the happiness. Yeah,
0: no, it makes sense. Yeah. Makes
1: sense. Yeah.
0: yeah. All right. So, uh, looking ahead to next week, we've got another six movies. Uh. For us to choose from on March 18th, 1994. And those movies include Oh, Woe is Me, Suture, Bitter Moon, Mm. The Paper. Yes. Monkey Trouble. Uh And Naked Gun 33 and a Third, The Final Insult. Yes. So... Uh yes, uh tomorrow hopefully I will post uh our a link to our trailer lineup where you can watch all of the trailers for next week's movies. Um, it, it, it's out there on the internet if you find it. I mean you can find it just type in retro perspective in, in YouTube and it, it should come up. All of all of the trailer for all of the weeks should come up. So, yes, yeah, Uh check that out for sure and. Yeah,
1: then we're going to be talking about them next week. And uh, we'll be able to find out if another comedy holds up over time uh, that was once beloved uh, by me. Naked Gun, 33 and a third. Interesting, interesting. There's a couple on here
0: which I'm uh, rather, rather intrigued by, which I want to check out. I'm going back and forth between which one. I'll try to watch both, but we'll see. It's hard. It's hard watching more than one because, I mean, you're keeping up with all of the 2019 stuff, and then you've got all the 1994 stuff, and then there's all the just regular old watching, movie watching, you know? It's, it's hard to carve out yeah, the time.
1: It, yeah. it, is, uh, it is a challenge. It is a challenge, and especially when uh, there's still the does Amazon carry it or iTunes carry it challenge yeah. that's going on. So, because one has a great compression rate for downloading things to your iPad, and the other one does not. Yeah. So, yeah. Re- I don't understand why iTunes can't figure that one out, man. Just, but streaming
0: it over the, uh, the Apple TV, I, th- I think iTunes has Amazon Beat.
1: Yes, it does. Yes, it does. But some of us like to, you know, watch the movie with our headphones, like on the iPad, where there's no... Or there isn't strong signal. You know, like you can watch a movie while you're on the treadmill. Yeah. But, you know, they're not really set up for streaming at the gym. Yeah. No, that's true. That's true. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Oh, well. Well, I guess we'll find out next week about those movies.
1: But. We will. Until then, uh, John, where can people find you on the internet? Uh, Just look for Castle Junkie. That's me. Uh, And you can find me here on the network, uh, co-hosting Aggressive Negotiations, a Star Wars podcast with Matthew Rushing, where we are, uh, uh, right now, uh, we're about to release our Rebels, or we've already released our Rebels, Remembered, uh, revisiting that show. And uh, as this airs, uh, tomorrow you'll be able to hear us debating uh, why Matt loves Rogue One so much and why I'm so lukewarm on it. Hmm. So where can people find you online?
0: Uh, well, you can find me on Twitter and Letterboxd at Mumbles3K. And you can also find me on FM doing Tracks from the Edge, where we provide audio commentary for new episodes of Star Trek. And you can also find me on com, where we take a look at movies from the perspective of the booth. And, awesome. Yeah, until next week. Be kind, rewind.